Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public ed issues in Oklahoma. We'll ho- we hope you'll join us every Friday. And this Friday, unfortunately, Catherine is unable to join us, but we are joined this morning with Ivy, and we kind of just wanted to have a conversation I would call it go through what happened in the elections, but it may feel more like a therapy session. I'm not really (laughs) sure. So good morning, Ivy. Good morning. So what do we think? I mean, Uh, we're disappointed. We're disappointed to say the least. Um, You know, um, I want to start by saying we do uh, strive to represent all of our members. And we do have some members that are really happy with the results of the election. And so I do want to respect that. But I'd say the majority of our members are very disappointed. And more than that, they're very scared. Mm -hmm. The two candidates that won have been speaking negatively about education, about teachers, about about our folks who've dedicated their life to try to make kids' lives better. And, um, you know, that's really hard to not take personally. It's really hard to not think the sky is falling. And so, um, you know... Uh, just uh, just kind of real quick feedback from our members is is fear, is looking for other jobs, is, um, you know, why bother? Uh, what's going to happen? You know, just uh, a lot of a lot of unknowns. And so um, it's a lot to um, it's a lot for us to process and then um you know, that balance of how long do we process before we decide what's next? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what's, what's our, what's the capacity of our members for that? Absolutely. I know many are just confused Mm -hmm. and they don't know what that next step looks like. Right. So they, they woke up that morning. They may have felt like a gut punch or just, surprise um many might have like just grieved what they thought was an opportunity to open up public education discussion in a different direction than what we've heard for the last four years but they still went back to school they had their students there and and even when we're talking to teachers you know they're concerned with their profession but also they know that a well-trained um profession is beneficial to their students. So at the end of the day, they're really concerned about the education of the students moving forward and what type of quality or what requirements will be, you know, ask of our students and our teachers and just overall just unknown feelings about what the future holds. Sure, sure. You know, I, I would like for people to think of other professions. This is what I keep going back to. If the medical profession had been, uh, you know, vilified and said that they were harming children and, and doing things that were unhealthy for children and told that they were not experts at, in their field. Um, I think they would also be scared and worried and (laughs) possibly thinking this isn't the profession for them. So that's how people are feeling. Um, 
they know what they do every day is so important to so many kids. They know that the love they're giving those kids and the supports they're giving those kids in many cases is the most positive in impact on those kids. And that doesn't change. This election doesn't mm -hmm. change that. What, what worries me is people that were kind of on the bubble, kind of burn out um, over the last few years with the shortage, we're understaffed, our class sizes are big, teachers are being are harder and harder to find. We've got some emergency certified teachers in that uh, I think eventually will will be great teachers, but um, while they're learning those ropes, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of extra pressure on their peers and their colleagues. So people that have options, I'm afraid are going to take those. Uh, we've heard some um, some anecdotal kind of scary things from from members uh, just this week about um, worried that you know basically we've got six months to convince people <laughs> to not leave. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think, here's what I want to say. It, it, it hurts my heart that, that I'm seeing things on social media that say, if teachers are leaving because of this, it wasn't important to them, to, you know, to begin with, or they, you know, they are not really in it for the right reasons. You can still go to work every day. But it's real tough to get out of bed. I, I, I would challenge you to find another profession where you've gone to college. You are an expert in your field. You have worked your tail off to go to continuing professional development and, and hone your craft. All of the things that we've done to not make a great living, but to make a living you can stand behind and believe in. So that's important, right? We are lucky mm -hmm. to get to do that in education. But then to be told you are not the one who knows what's best for mm -hmm. kids. You are, uh, you are, you know, indoctrinating them. You are, you know, you're harming them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's tough to, to continually hear that and feel that and still want to do it yes. or still, you might still want to do it, but it's tough to feel beat up all the time. And I do. Wears on you. It does wear on you. And I do think our expectations and how we, I mean, I, I think back to my teachers back in the day and how I knew that I they were a great teacher. And now the standards for how we qualify a good teacher or a good district is based on sometimes just one test score. Right. And and so we have I feel like we've even dumbed down the the how we talk about schools and what is a good school and we're getting away from why teachers went into it they see growth every day yeah. they see kids learning and engaged and that's not a number that's not a score that is just a feeling mm -hmm. and so sometimes when I get frustrated I'm like how do we how do we just all take a breath and just say sure. what do we want our schools to look like yeah yeah and uh you know what's exciting is um Oklahoma City Public Schools passed an enormous bond. So through all of the criticism of what urban children are supposedly suffering through being trapped in these schools. Ellen, you're an Oklahoma City public school parent. Do you feel trapped? No. That was that's <laughs> our choice. <laughs> right. You've chosen where your kids go to school and your kids are thriving. And you see the growth that their teachers are working on, right? 
and the support staff is is making sure your kids are having a great experience and Oklahoma City Public Schools is making huge strides. So what what Oklahoma City Public School constituents said on Tuesday is we support our school. We love our kids. Our kids deserve everything that suburban kids have and rural kids have and we want to do that. I live in Oklahoma City and I voted for that bond and I was proud to do it. I don't have kids in school anymore. But I love that my tax dollars are going to something that I believe in, right? Growth of my city. I'm proud of that. So, you know, why it's such a it's such an odd emotional balance, I think. For me, it has been this week, and I can only I can only assume that's exacerbated for our members, right? So it's disappointing that we have um, a couple of elected leaders that have that have spoken so negatively about public education and what we do and love but there are a lot of people that are still supporting, mm-hmm. right? There are a lot of people that still believe in what we're doing and really want great opportunities for our kids. So I'm going to really try to focus on that a little more. Now we're going to dig into some of the other stuff. Some of the questions we've gotten is Ryan Walters has said he's going to take the certificate of a particular teacher because of some book issues, right? Uh, our members are asking us, does he have that power? Um, can he do that as state superintendent? Is there a due process? So we're going to really dig into that and get our members some concrete, not knee-jerk reaction answers, um, just some concrete answers from our lawyers about, you know, the role of the state superintendent. We have always kind of taken that for granted mm-hmm. and known that we've got a person who kind of has teachers' backs and our support employees' backs and, um, you know, I'm not trying to find a silver lining in this necessarily, but um, I think it's good to have the facts. And I think one fact that boggles my mind is that only 50% of people voted. So that is really hard for me to to process because I don't know if the other 50% are huge supporters and and just didn't show up or whatever the many reasons are that people choose not to vote but the i think that is that was a real disappointment for me it was for me too we um you know it's so big for us because education was such a huge part of this election it's such a big conversation because uh superintendent hoffmeister has been the head of education in our state for eight years right Mm -hmm. so for in our, you know, I know we're guilty of being in our little education bubble, right? And so <clears throat> it seemed like such a big deal, but it is really disheartening that half of registered eligible voters in our state just didn't take the time to vote. And that's, um, I don't I don't know how we get past that. Mm-hmm. You know, another um, frustration, if you're just kind of looking at social media and what people are talking about is straight party voting, both parties, mm-hmm. right? Straight party voting. I looked at some numbers yesterday, more than 480,000 people in the state of the 1.15 million that voted, 480,000 or more voted straight party. 69% of those, almost 70% of those were Republicans and 29% of those were Democrats. I, that's disappointing to me as well. Mm-hmm. My ballot is very purple. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it it really is. I happen to be a registered Republican, and I voted for several Democrats and several Republicans. It was a really big ballot. 
There are lots of options. And uh, mine was really mixed. And so um, it, it, it's scary to me that that's an, an, it's just an uninformed, it's a lazy way to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. No. Obviously, other states do not require you that's to. That's a good point. You know, not do not require that to be on the ballot. That is an initiative in our state where we have to have that at the top of our ballot. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. Uh, many, many, many states don't have it. And there were some reports from uh, from some polls in like three different counties that we heard just anecdotally here of OEA staff members that went into the polls where the poll uh, precinct workers were um, instructing people on how to do straight party. That's that's not okay. You know, um, I don't want to be a sore loser here. I don't want to blame it on anything. Uh, only half the people in the state voted. I think that really is is uh, is the big message. And if it's complicated to straight party ticket, if we have to explain that, then maybe we don't need that. You <laughs> right, know? Right. So, and there were a few, uh, definitely, I mean, if we look at the entire election cycle, so it, it's very unique in our state, and I don't know if this is nationwide, but we had a lot of elections that were unopposed. Yeah. So we had kind of a big primary because mm-hmm. that decided several elections because there was no one in the general. And then we had the general. So overall, you know, candidates that supported public education, how do you feel like they did? Overall, very, very well. Um, I am really excited that so many of our public education supporters are returning. Um, and, um, I, you know, I'm not no don't know if if everyone listening is familiar with how our our recommendation process works, but we have a PAC, a political action committee, called the Fund for Children in Public Education, and members sit on this council and make the decisions on on who to recommend or not to recommend in some races. We certainly don't get involved in every race, um, but uh, in the general election. Um, Outside of the governor and the state superintendent, only one uh, candidate lost of the 14, I believe, that we recommended. So that's really encouraging. Um, I think the other thing I'd like to talk about is I keep keep seeing people say, uh, because Ryan Walters and Governor Stitt were elected, Oklahoma must want vouchers. And I, in my heart, do not believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just in my heart, because I don't want to. That's true. That is true. <laughs> but also, I don't think data tells us that. Um, many, many, many red states don't have vouchers. Texas doesn't have vouchers, any kind of voucher. And we have already quite a few ways that people can can use a voucher. So um, I think that's kind of going to be one of our um, first uh, things moving forward is to talk to our friends at the legislature that are coming back um, to to discuss um, how to continue to keep public dollars in public schools and really protect protect our schools. Um, and and I think we can still do that. And and I'm curious, you know, when we talk about vouchers and, and the improvement that you want to see in schools as a parent, you know, my number one priority is a qualified educator in the classroom, right? Sure. And over the last four years, as we have pushed and pushed against, you know, saying we need new things in education, we're going to change it and go in a different direction. 
We're going to add more choices. The qualified people that are signing up to be in our classrooms is decreasing. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's not resonating there? Sure. And so sometimes I feel like you can say maybe this vote makes you believe that this is your mandate for this, but also look at the data that says over the course of the four years, we don't have more teachers coming into the classroom. We don't have more choices on which teacher fits the need of each school. And we are increasing the number of emergency certified teachers. So to me, it's just a mismatch and I don't know how to handle it all. Yeah. It's a, it's like a, it's, it's political rhetoric instead of really looking at data. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, you know, that, that's why we're here. Yeah. We, we are, uh, we're our, this sounds, I'm not trying to sound silly, but we're dedicated to continuing that fight to, to, to protect these kids. Mm. If you look at every study in every other state that has passed sweeping vouchers, so Arizona and Ohio and Florida, uh, a general conversation is, um, Kids need choices, mm-hmm. right? Especially urban kids who are trapped, like your children, Ellen, mm-hmm. right? They need choices. So uh, so they pass vouchers in some of these states. And in every single state that has passed vouchers, over 90% of those vouchers are uh, being used by wealthy families who have never attended public schools that were already attending private schools. And we knew that already, mm-hmm. right? We've been saying that for a long time, and now the numbers are telling us that. So- I'd like to think that our public education supporters over at the Capitol that are returning and some new ones, um, replacing some folks who didn't run and and termed out and different things, um, will be open to some real conversations instead of the rhetoric. And and I'm 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 encouraged by that. And I would just say to our members, we want to hear from you. This is like kind of that time that you can reach us, reach out to us. What are what are you concerned about? What are your issues? Because when session comes, that's going to be the time that we're going to ask you to help us. Yeah. You know, so let us be here for you. Let us know what issues matter to you. What can we be working on over the next few months before session starts? And and then it's our role collectively to work towards bettering public education and fighting against things that don't improve the educational resources and outcomes for our students. Yeah. Yeah. What do you actually need from us? Mm-hmm. What what are you what are you concerned about? What are you afraid of? What do you need clarification on? I mean, there's so much unknown right now. Let us help with that. But mm-hmm. if we don't know what you're what you're needing, we we can't do that. So we really do want to. And I think I would just ask once once we get past this week, we have holidays coming up. Hopefully people will have some family time some recharging time. And then, you know, I would, I would ask that you reach out to your legislator and have a real conversation and not from anger, not from, uh, you know, my guy lost. So I'm mad at you, but let's talk, let's look at who our real friends are over there. They're still there. Yes. They're still there. And let's have conversations with them. Um, we have a list of, of a lot of new ones that, that we're going to try to meet in the next 
you know, month or so uh, leading up to, to session to have a conversation. Where do you guys stand on public education issues and, and educating ourselves to know how to move forward? So, you know, I, I think newly elected people would love to meet constituents. I mm-hmm. bet they would meet you for coffee. I bet they would come to your school and talk if you wanted to. Um, and, you know, there's, uh, I don't want to put yet one more thing on your plate, but I, I will say uh, as a classroom teacher, when I started inviting legislators to talk and, and show them my school, it took some stress off of my plate, actually, because now I know them. Mm-hmm. Now they're human and so am I. So that when I email and say, will you vote for this? They know my name. So, you know, um, it, it does feel daunting, but they're just people mm-hmm. and uh, they're new, too. And you are the expert. And so, I, I, you know, I, th- I think there are, I think there are opportunities in this, in this challenging time for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ivy. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. You can subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.